Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wiley, Texas. Let's go on in and see what J.R. Franklin has to teach us today. morning, I want to take you to Psalms 31. <coughs> we're going to go to Psalms 31, we're going to start in verse 1, so, you know, I've had a lot of people in the last couple of weeks asking me about certain things of life and why, what we need to do and how we need to face the reality of life. And I've written through 31, and I've kind of got a grip on it a little bit, I think. Maybe. May not. But we're going to read it anyway and find out what it says to us this morning. So tell me when you get to Psalm 31. Amen. All right. Y'all ready to read? Yep. You, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me into your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge and my fortress of defense to save me. That's a lot of that's a lot of speaking, ain't it? <coughs> Speaks to some of us this morning, doesn't it? You know, we we face troubles all the time, we face turmoil all the time. We face just life. And a lot of times we don't understand why things happen the way they do, what's going on, why are we why is it so turmoiled around us? We try to make decisions to make our life better. We watch other people live their lives and we wonder, where did they get that? How did they come to that point? But it the verse one says, You O Lord. I put my trust. I put my trust in God. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say it again. I put my trust in God. Amen. Do I trust Amen. the government? No. no. Do I trust... I can't think of everything you put your trust into. Do I trust my job as my, my survival? No. Do I trust my bank account with my survival? No. You cannot in this life to trust anything that's made of man. 
that anything man comes up with is not trustworthy. Don't put your life in such a parallel with, with man that you believe everything you see and everything you hear. There's only one person or one thing that I know, that I know that I know, that I can depend on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And that's God. Praise God. I can trust God with everything. I can trust Him with my finances. I can trust Him with my health. I can trust Him with my home. I can trust Him with my family. Oh, wait a minute. Can I really trust Him with all that? I can trust him with that, can I? Now the question is, will I trust him with it? Will I give him all the glory that he deserves and all the all the refuge that he needs and give him all the strength from me to him to take care of that stuff? Well, let me tell you a secret, okay? There's times when I can't. There's times when I don't want to. Right. There's times when I like that old saying that me and Charlie, Charlie used to use all the time. I got this. Mm -hmm. There's times when I want to take care of it myself. I want to fix it. I want to make it right. And I'll tell you another little thing to go along with that. Every time I put me in it, it ends up getting worse. Come on. Am I the only one in the room that has that problem? When I put my thoughts into it and what I want out of it and all the things that I think should be done, usually it comes out wrong. Because I'm just that capable of doing that. I can mess my life up better than anybody can. But what I've got to understand and what I've got to learn is that first verse. Put my trust in God. I put my finances in God. I put my home in God. I put my family in God. I even put my health in God. Amen. And if I'll do that and I trust Him with all of it, and I get out of the way, what's He going to do? He's going to provide what I need. Did y'all hear what I just said? Yes. Glory to God. He's going to provide what I need. Now, does that mean he's going to give me a Cadillac to drive? No. no. Maybe. Does that mean he's going to move me into a $350,000 home? No. Maybe. But reality is I live in a $600 a month rent house driving a Yukon. Yep. And then re add insult to injury to that, I got a PT Cruiser. <laughs> but I ain't walking Amen. and I trust God with it Amen. and I know that if I get in my Yukon and take off going to do something for God I'm probably going to get there and here's the amazing part I'm going to get back unless Tim owns it <laughs> that's me I'm sorry Tim I want to roll today y'all better be careful Y'all better be careful. We don't talk about the PT cruises. That's in God's hands. That just goes to show 
know that sometimes we can all step out of line with God's <laughs> At least I don't have a Chevrolet like pickup. Oh, oh, oh. Right, anyway. For you are my rock and my fortress. That's verse 3. For you are my rock and my fortress. Who are they talking about? They're talking about Christ, aren't they? Christ is my rock. He is my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, for God's name's sake, listen to me, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Did it say, for my benefit, lead me and guide me? Did it say, for my wants, lead me and guide me? It said, for his sake. So what should I be living my life for? His sake. Is it about me, boo-boo? No. It's about him. If I live my life for him, how's my life going to end up? A lot better than it would be if I got in the way. Put me out, put me out of the net which they have securely, secretly laid for me. What do y'all think that means? Keep me out of that net. Keep me out of the trouble that the world sets up for me. Keep me from doing things that I know I'm not supposed to do. Watch over me and protect me from the snares. Well, that's a big word for me, ain't it? I even know what it means. Keep me away from the snares and all the things that the devil sets up out there to trap me with. Well, Dave, if that's the, if that's the internet for you, stay off the internet. You got, you got to understand something, folks. For you are my strength. Who is my strength? Christ Jesus. Let's get it right. Christ Jesus is my strength. It says, through Christ, I am strengthened. Through Christ, I can do anything. Through Christ, I am saved. Are y'all getting a glimpse of this now? Through Christ Jesus, my life can be better. And it has to focus on my relationship with Christ. Now, I believe in God. I know God's the head. He's the Father. And I know the Holy Spirit's there to lead me and guide me. But who does this book tell me I need to put first? I need to put Christ first. I need to become like Christ. I need to walk my life like Christ. When people see my actions, they should not see Jr.'s actions. They should see Christ's actions. How hard is that to do? How hard is that really to do to live a Christ-like life? It depends on how hard you want to make it. Oh, I didn't go there, did I? It depends on how hard you want to make it. Because he gives us the avenues. He gives us the instruction book. He gave us the word to follow. 
And I'm going to give you another little secret that he gave us. He also gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us. I'm preaching some pretty hard here, ain't I? I know that I'm throwing rocks at you, but you can duck fast. I've seen you. <laughs> we got this thing going on in our lives. We have Christ in our lives. We have the Word of God in our lives. We have a church family that will back us up. We have everything that we need to be successful except for one thing. There's something we're missing. Now y'all reach down and pick your toes up because it's going to hurt a little bit. It's your participation that's missing. It's what you do with it that's missing. You can have all the tools you need. Mark, this is going to hit you home, right? You can have all the tools to do whatever you need to do to repair that car. You can have the knowledge of how to do it. But you've got to get down and get dirty to do it. You've got to get down that level to do the work. I've got the tools in that book to tell me how to live every day of my life oh, properly. Amen. I've got the God that sent his son to save my soul from hell. I've got the spirit of God that lives inside of me called the Holy Spirit to lead me, guide me, and direct me, and to comfort me. I have the tools, but am I, am I so lazy that I depend on him to do it for me? I, am I talking something here this morning? Am I preaching something here? It's not about what you know. It's not about what you have. You have all the stuff to do it with, but are you willing to get down in the dirt and do the work? Are you willing to apply God's Word to your life? Are you willing to listen to the Holy Spirit when you ask Him for help? Are you willing to follow God's rules? It's not about, it's not about what you don't have. Oh, the world today looks around and says, oh, we're in trouble. We ain't got no leadership. We ain't got no, we ain't got no morals. We ain't got nothing. I'll tell you something. This book right here, is full of every moral, every rule, every law, every circumstance that we can come into our lives. But we are too lazy, too wrapped up in ourselves, and too not willing to listen to the Word of God. Oh, there's scholars out there that can quote this thing and they can tell you where every verse is, every chapter, every line. Some of them can even quote it word for word. And that's good. But what if you've got all the information, you've got all the knowledge, it's all available to you, and you choose not to use it? You choose not to do it. Oh, the devil made No, the devil didn't make you do it. Let me tell you something. The devil was defeated the day Jesus said it was over. Amen. When he said it is finished, the devil lost. The devil has no control over you other than your mind and if you allow him in. That's right. I'm feeling pretty heavy this morning. Amen. I'm teaching you some stuff this morning you need to listen to. Because David in this Psalms said, I need to trust God. I need to depend on God. I can't depend on Wells Fargo. 
I can't depend on Chase Bank. I can't take, I can't even trust Encore anymore. I can't live on man's values anymore. I can't look at my value based on what men put on me. And you can't either. Oh, I'm not going to tell you that it's not important what people think about you. I'm not going to tell you that. Because I think it's very important what people see in you. I think it's very important how people see you live your life. They need quit preaching for me. <laughs> they need to see your relationship with God in His fullness. What do they have to go by? Most of the people we come in contact with don't go to church. They don't listen to Christian radio. They don't watch evangelists on TV. They live their lives based on everyday life of Go to work, provide for your family, go home, worry yourself to death. Some of them go home and drink a little bit to get over the day. Some of them go home and smoke a little stuff to make them feel better. Some of them looking for other things to do what God should be doing in their life. Put the stuff up. Put that stuff down where it belongs. Put your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and live the way the Bible tells you to live. Start doing what the Scripture says. And if you have trouble reading, okay. There's an app for that, Andy. Thank you. There's an app for it. I don't understand it. Go get a Spanish app. There is thousands of ways that we get the Word of God. But you know what the best way people out there in the world get a dose of God? You know what the best way they get a dose of God is? What you do on a daily basis around other people. How you live your life. They see you living the life of Christ. Or they see you living the lie of Christ. Oh. I just called it what it is, ain't it? I called it what it is. You can live the lie of Christ. That's easy, isn't it? Get up on Sunday morning, go to church, put on your best stuff, go go be goody-goody for about an hour and a half. And then go home, pop that beer open, <laughs> roll up that little left-handed cigarette, maybe even snort that line, and start living for the world again. Or you don't even have to be that extreme with it. Just go home and don't even think about God no more. Go home and don't think about what the preacher said. Or go home and think, you know, that was a really good sermon to our preacher this morning. I hope somebody got something out of it. I hope it applied to somebody. I think it, there's probably somebody in this room that it might have affected. Maybe. then you walk in that bathroom you do your business in there and you walk over to the sink and you wash your hands and you look up in that mirror who do you see what do you see in that mirror you see yourself don't you 
You know who this message is for? It's for every one of you. It's for me too. God don't deliver a message for one person. God's word never goes out void either. It's going to touch your life somewhere, sometime, if you if you really listen to it. Verse 6 is where I'm at now, I think. Five. Five. Oh, five. Into your hand I commit my spirit. Uh-oh. Rut rope. <laughs> and Shaggy says, rut rope. We got to commit our spirit to God. What does that mean? What does it mean when I say you've got to commit your spirit to God? Your flesh will betray you. Your flesh will make you do stupid stuff. But if you submit your spirit to God and you're fighting that battle between spirit and flesh and God's got your spirit, what's going to happen to your flesh? It's going to lose the battle, ain't it? If you commit yourself to the Spirit, that's what's going to happen. Oh, J.R., you're talking about something I don't believe in. I don't believe in all that. Well, you may not believe it. You may not want to believe in it. But I'm going to tell you something. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit and being walking with the Spirit of God is just as important as being baptized with Christ. As a matter of fact, it was so important. When Christ left the earth, he told the disciples to go into the upper room and stay there. Don't leave that room until I send his comfort. Amen. Why did he tell them that? Because they need it. He didn't want them going out into that world unarmed. Exactly. He didn't want them going out there without something to help them with. Right. Amen. Get a hold of the Holy Spirit, people. Let the Holy Spirit work in you. Let God's Spirit live in you. Grow to maturity. When you first get saved, you're like a baby on milk. You're drinking milk and you're getting the basics of it. But as you start to mature and you start to grow, you got to stop drinking the milk so much, right? You put a little cereal in that milk, first off. Then you put a little bit of baby food in that system. Then you start getting some veggies in there. And eventually you get to the meat. And when you start enjoying the meat with it, the milk and the veggies and all that stuff tastes better, don't it? Oh, yeah. Ain't nothing better than a good meal with a big old hunk of steak. <laughs> steak goes with everything. <laughs> well, I'm steak. I like steak, so. <laughs> steak don't always like me, but I like steak. <laughs> I hear pork chops one more time. Somebody getting bit. <laughs> I have I have hated those. Here we go. I'm lost again. Six. Six. No, we're still on five. We're still on five. In your in your in your hand, I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me. What does that word redeem means? What is the meaning of redeem? What does it mean to be redeemed? Does anybody really know? Redeemed means put back where you were supposed to be in the first place. 
brought back to where you were supposed to be in the first place. I was redeemed. The minute I touched my knees and I said, Lord Jesus Christ, I need you in my life. I need you to forgive me of my sins. I need you to come into my life and be my Lord. Immediately, he redeemed me. He brought me back to where I was supposed to be in the first place. See, when God created man, he didn't create man to be a sinner. He didn't create man to live for the world. He created man to have dominance over the world. And man messed it up. Man messed that up. And then God did something that he cannot reverse. God told Adam, if you eat of that tree, surely you will die. Well, his knowledge, he didn't know what death was. But God knew what death meant. And when he ate of that tree of knowledge, and knowledge was released, the knowledge of sin was also released. And he was dead to God. Y'all hear me? He was dead to God at that time. He died that day. And God said that from this point on, every generation will be under that curse. We were born on this earth through our mothers and fathers in the womb of a woman, delivered into this world, dead. We were dead when we were born because we were separated from God. You understand that? You were separated from God at your birth. What do we have to do in order to receive life? What's the Bible tells us we have to do? I have to be born again. I have to be born again. And what's it mean to be born again? Nicodemus asked Jesus, do I gotta go back to, I'm a grown man, do I have to go back into my mother's womb and do it again? That would be kind of impossible, wouldn't it? But that's not what Jesus said when he said you got to be reborn. Your flesh spirit, your spirit that you had when you were born belonged to the devil. It was cursed. It was evil. It was wrong. It wasn't right at all. In order to get rid of that life, that curse that was put on us, we had to be born again. And that reborn was born in the spirit, not in the flesh. My flesh has not changed. Hopefully that has. It's gotten a little rounder and a little... It's gotten a whole lot more wrinkled. And it's getting a lot grayer nowadays. And blinder. And blinder. But my flesh, the flesh of my body has not changed that much. My spirit has. Amen. My spirit changed a bunch. There was a time in my life I wouldn't care if you went to hell or not. There was a time in my life I'd tell you how to get there. There was even a time in my life I would give you directions and, sh- and take you there. But God came into my life and He changed me. He changed my thinking. He changed the way I saw things. He changed the way I felt about things. Is it JR's thinking? Is it JR's ability to change that? No. 
A skunk can't quit being a skunk. But if that skunk's reborn again, it's something else. In its spirit and its soul, it can be something else. That's kind of a bad analogy, isn't it? No. But we were stinking when we were lost. No more stinking thinking. We had stinking thinking. We had stinking living. And when I got saved by Jesus, he washed the stink off. He washed the stains of the stink off. His blood put me back into the purity that God created me in. His love for me gave me a freedom that I lost. It gave me a new way of living, a new way of life, and a new thinking pattern based on the Word of God. I had to retrain my brain. But before my brain could change, my heart had to change. My thinking comes after the heart change. Because what you feel in your heart, now y'all listen to this really careful. Because I know y'all go out into the real world every day, right? Y'all see the real world out there every day, don't you? What comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. How do you talk to people? How do you treat people? What kind of verbiage do you use? What kind of nouns do you use? What kind of pro pronouns do you use? And better now, what kind of adjectives do you use? See, what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And in order to get your heart right, you got to get into the Word of God. Amen. When you get your heart right, your brain starts changing. And I, I kid a lot of people in this church, they don't have filters. And some of y'all don't have filters. But you got something better than a filter. You got a Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit tells you, stop doing that. Stop talking like that. Stop living like that. Stop walking around being that person. Stop being what you ain't. Be what I created you to be in the first place. Turn your life over to Christ and start living the way God instructed you to live. Be obedient to the Word of God. Listen to the Holy Spirit lead you to it. Show Him the way that you want to go. If you want to be that bad person out there, continue living that way. And bust hell wide open. Change your life. Change your thinking. Change your stinking thinking into godly thinking. Amen. Let God have your six, not the world. Amen. Mm, I ain't gonna never get through this whole chapter. I know it already. Huh? Not today. Not today. Now here, verse seven. Verse six. It says, "I have hated those." who regard useless idols, but I trust in the Lord. Amen. Do you trust in God today? Amen. Do you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ today? Yes, what does the word trust mean? A lot. What does it mean to trust something? Put yourself in its way. Get yourself in that way of thinking. Put your trust in the Lord. Now what happens when you put your trust in the Lord? Y'all ready? Verse 7, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy. I will be glad and I will rejoice in God's mercy. It's about God, boo-boo, not you. It's about God's attitude, not yours. It's about God's love, not your ability to love. It's about God sending His Son on this earth to pay the price for your sins, to die for your deeds to die for your mishaps, to take on your sicknesses, 
to heal your body, to heal your family, to heal your finances, to heal everything about you. It's in God's mercy that it's done. Not your ability, but God's mercy. You have considered my troubles. Who's considered your troubles? God has looked at all your troubles, hasn't He? He's considered them. And have not shut me up into the hands of my enemies. God didn't allow me to go into the hands of my enemies. What's my enemies? The devil, but there's better than that. What's my enemy? What's my the world? The world's my enemy, yeah. But what is my enemy? My lust, my greed, my jealousy, my covenants of other people, my ability to think about everybody else. Oh, wait a minute, that's a good thing. <laughs> thinking about everybody else is okay, but who do we mainly think about? Me, 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 me. I need. I want. I have. When we go to prayer, we go to pray to God, we take a grocery list of all the things we want. We don't take a list of what He's already done for us. You need to start learning how to give Him praise for what He's already done. You need to start giving praise for the fact that you woke up this morning through His mercy that you did. Oh, yeah, don't, yeah, that's a good one, Barbara. Don't use His name in vain. Because God is not to be great. God is not to be scorned. He's not to be mocked. He's not to be. He's not to be lied to. He needs to be lifted up. He needs to be lifted up. And who's supposed to lift him up? We are. So when we walk out into the world, does it really matter what other people think about us? It should. You better make sure it does. Because the world thinks you're corrupt and the world thinks you're bad and the world thinks you're rotten and uncaring and unloving. What are they seeing? If that's what you're portraying, who are you portraying? Portraying the devil. So you better care what people think about you. Jesus said when the world looks at you and honors you and gives you and lifts you up, he's proud of you. Because it's not your flesh that they're praising. It's Him. Lift me out of this mess, God. Put me behind you. And put Satan behind me. Cover that world up behind me that nobody can see it. Put God first. Put God in front. Put God in front of your life. That way, when people see you, they see the goodness of God. Amen. We will walk around looking like the devil. Go ahead. Go ahead and live that life if you want to. I can't stop you. I can't make you walk around with a smile on your face and be happy that you're alive. I can't do it for you. But you got to. You have set my feet in a wide place. I'm not on that narrow trail, am I? According to the Word of God, I'm not on some little, very, little bitty narrow trail that's hard to do. If I ain't got God with me, it's hard. 
if I'm actually living for God the way I'm supposed to, putting him first, he's already cleaned all the debris away. He's already cleaned all the junks out of the way. That means road straight? No, it's got ups and downs. But in the downs, guess what? He's already been there and cleaned it up for you. Yep. All you got to do is get through it. Up on that mountain when everything's great and everything looks pretty, guess what? He was there first and made it look like that for you. Verse 9 sums up how we really feel sometimes, doesn't it? This is how we really feel sometimes. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eyes waste away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. For my life is spent with grief. And my years of sighing, my strength fails because of my Anybody help me with that word? Iniquity. Iniquity. And my bones waste away. I am a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. I'm a bad influence on my neighbors. I'm not showing the right thing to do, am I? I'm living my life in bitterness. I'm living my life in anger. I'm living my life with hatred. I'm living my life with unforgiveness. I'm living my life in a bad mood because it didn't go my way. Am I touching somebody this morning? Am I hitting some of y'all's corners this morning? I'm living my life based on what I want, not what God wants. I want things to be my way. Sometimes God don't want it your way because he don't want to see you fail. Oh, that's tough, ain't it? For my life is spent with grease and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity. My bones waste away. I'm reproached among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors. And am repulsed by my iniquities they see me and they're repulsed by it oh they see me get up on Sunday morning and go get my little car and I drive up to the church and I come back all praise the Lord all happy and by Sunday night or Monday morning I didn't flip that switch and I've gone back to God I wish it wasn't so hot I wish I had more money to bank I wish I had more better friends. I wish I had this. I wish I had... Stop it. Stop living that lie. Like I said a while ago, you can live the lie or you can live the life. Stop living the lie and start living the life. Can we do that? Can we really do that? Through Christ I can. Through accepting Christ as my Holy Spirit. And God is my Father. And giving my life to Him. I can change what I was to what I want to become. I don't want to be that guy anymore. I don't want to be that hatred-filled, bitter person. 
I don't want to walk through my life looking for the next shoe to drop. Now, some of y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Everything's going good, and then you're constantly looking for that other shoe to drop down and failure comes. Can I tell you something? Jesus' sandals never failed. Jesus' feet never stumbled. Jesus doesn't fall down. I think the holes in his feet might have something to do with his shoes staying on tight. You understand what I'm saying? Put your house, put your house in order, guys. Put your life in order. Put God where he belongs in your life. Stop worrying about your finances. Stop worrying about all the things that this world tells you you need to worry about. And start focusing on your relationship with Christ. Start living the way Christ wants you to live. And I know some of you don't know how. I know some of you haven't been taught how to do it right. I know some of you don't have a clue. But this book right here, this little book has everything you need to know. Spend some time in it. Spend some time reading what God requires you to do. And if you can't read, get the app to read for you. And if that don't work for you, pick up a telephone and call 214-283-0620. I'll send you somebody that can talk to you. I'll get you in touch with somebody that you can relate to. Because one thing about this room, <laughs> there's so much diversity in here, it ain't even funny. Right. There's, yeah. there's people that's never done drugs or alcohol in their entire life. They wouldn't know what it felt like to be high. But they can tell you how to live a good life. There's some folks in here that can't tell you how to live a good life, but they can sure tell you how to live that bad one. <laughs> and they can tell, sure tell you the results of it. Broken dreams, broken promises, broken faces, broken legs, hurt pride. All those things, we can tell you how to get that part of your life right. You got addictions in your life? Some of us in here can tell you how to break those addictions. God put you in a place today. You're not hearing this by circumstance. Everybody says, oh, it's just a coincidence. He was talking about something that affects my life. God don't have coincidences. God has purposes. He has appointed times. If something's going on in your life right now and you're hurting, and you're feeling a nudge in your heart that you need something more in your life, can I tell you something? You probably do. His name is Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. He's the Son of God. He was sent here not to judge you, not to break you, not to bother you, not to make you feel bad. He came here for one reason, one reason only. And that is to save you. Amen. That's what he was sent here for. He was sent here to pay the price for the things you've done in your life. And if you accept him and you take him as Lord and Savior, I promise you, you will get through life better. Oh, I'm not going to promise you you ain't going to have troubles. I ain't going to tell you you ain't going to have hurts. I'm not going to tell you you're not going to get sick. I'm not even going to tell you that life's going to be a bed of roses. But I will tell you this. 
through Christ Jesus, you'll get through it. And you'll get through it easier. Because God can heal. He can heal bodies, he can heal spirits, he can heal hearts, he can heal minds. And yes, he can heal families. And he can heal relationships. He can do all that. But you've got to be first on the list to say, I like to. Because that's what the writer of this book just said, isn't it? Isn't that what this first part of this chapter, this whole chapter was about? Was him admitting that he can't do it, but God can. I can't change you. I can't even forgive you. I can't wash your sins away. I can't make you right with God. My job is to give you the tools to do it with. And you've been given a tool this morning. Psalms 31. We didn't get through it. I didn't get as far as I wanted to go today. But there's a lot in here. But can I tell you something else? From page one, I don't care what Bible you got, from page one all the way to the last page is nothing but the truth of God and how you should live for Him. Friday night we had a conversation about that. There's a lot of people out there, oh, all I need is the New Testament and the Gospels, and I got it made. I'll tell you something, this book was written from front to back, cover to cover. Genesis is just as important as Revelation. And if you don't believe that, go read it. Prophecies are coming true every day, right? Y'all seen prophecies fulfilled in your lifetime, haven't you? Can I tell you something? Prophecies were fulfilled before your lifetime. God's word never dies. It never stops. It's continuous. And when this generation of people are gone, all of us are gone, the next generation that comes along will still have the same word of God. And it will still be a factor in their lives. Because God is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. So get ready, folks. Get ready today. Here in a few minutes, we're going to go outside. And we're going to bring something to God that He really, really, really loves. And that's people committing their life to Christ. That's people doing what the Word of God says to do. I want to tell you something. There's other people in this room today and other people around this world that need to understand something. You don't accept Christ. You don't have a chance. You're going to hell. Oh, Carol, I don't really believe there's hell. You better start believing it. Oh, I don't believe the devil. I don't believe God will send me to hell because he created me. He loves me so much, I don't think he'll send me to hell. Let me tell you something. He loved Lucifer. Where's Lucifer? He's in hell. He will send you to hell for not doing what he told you to do. So today, if you don't know Jesus, you've never accepted Christ. Today would be a good day to do so. Y'all hear preachers all the time talk about, if you don't get saved today on your way home, you may get killed. Charlie sums it up pretty good. He says, Oh, you'll make it home, okay? And then you'll say, that person didn't know what he was talking about. I didn't get killed. But I'm going to tell you something. Ain't no guarantee to nothing. 
tomorrow is not guaranteed. Jesus can come back this afternoon just like that. The Bible says he comes as a thief in the night. No one knows the hour or the time. And I'm going to tell you something else that's even more pathetic than that. Jesus may not come back for another thousand years. But I can assure you of this. You won't live a thousand years. Some of the people in this church are trying, like Dale. I mean, he's pushing it pretty good. But he ain't got there yet. But all of us are going to die. Every one of us that was born on this earth is going to die. And we have two choices to make. We can die and go to hell, or we can die and go to heaven. Personally, I made a choice to go to heaven. I made a choice to believe Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I will tell you this. My life has changed tremendously because of it. And when change really took place, I'm going to talk to you old Christians now. I'm going to talk to you guys that accepted Christ a long time ago. Accepting Christ is a great move. But obeying the Word of God and doing what God told you to do and living for Jesus the way you're supposed to is another change in your life that will make things better for you. So there's a lot of people that believe in Jesus and live like hell. And guess what? According to the Word of God, it says, if you're not obedient to the Word of God, I will blot you from the book of life. Now, I don't know what that means to you. And I'm not going to get into a bunch of theology stuff. I'm not going to get into a bunch of religious ideas. But I'm going to tell you this. When I read Jesus, that God will blot you from the book of life if you're not obedient to His Word, I take that book literally. Amen. And I believe He will blot you from that book of life. So I'm going to give you two choices this morning. You can continue on going to hell like you are, or you can ask Jesus in your life. Plain and simple, right? Easy, easy squeezy. If you never thought about it, maybe you ought to. Maybe you need to consider where your trip's going. How many of y'all won't go on vacation unless you know exactly where you're going and when you're going to get there? I can't tell you when you're going to get there, but I can tell you if you accept Christ, you're going to heaven. And I can tell you if you don't accept Christ, you're going to hell. And that old story may be getting old to some of y'all. Some of y'all have been listening to me for the last 13, 14 years, and I've been telling the same story every week about going to hell. Woo! I'll tell you another little secret that y'all don't know. If I make it another 14 years, Every Sunday, I'm going to tell you, you got two choices to make, go to heaven or hell. That's right. Amen. Because that is the most important decision you'll ever make in your life. Do I want to die and go to hell, or do I want to live and go to heaven? And then the second most important decision is, do I want to follow the Word of God and live the way I'm supposed to? That's up to you this morning. Want everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes. Dear Heavenly Father, you know the hearts and the minds of each person in this room and around this world. You know what they need. You know whether they have accepted you or not. And you know whether they have accepted you and chose not to follow you. 
or you know that they've chosen you and they decided to try their best to follow you, but they fail sometimes. But we know what your word says. The word says even when I fail, I can ask for forgiveness and I can be forgiven. But Father, the lost people in this world have no forgiveness yet. They're not washed in the blood of Jesus. There is no forgiving of their sins. No matter how much they ask. No matter how much they want it. Until they ask Christ into their life. They don't have it. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I don't want to accept the fact that some people will and some people won't. I don't want to accept that fact. And I'm going to do everything I can in my diligent power to lead as many people to God as I can. Not only by my words, but by my actions. Now, if you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus, you don't have that relationship with him, right now is your opportunity. Right now is your time to ask him into your life. If you've got Jesus in your life, but you ain't been doing what you're supposed to, you ain't been living the way the Bible tells you to, right now is your chance to say, Lord, forgive me for I failed you. And I want to live better. And I want to do right. Forgive me for I failed you. And show me how to live better. That's a great story, guys. Does it apply to your life? Have you chosen those two choices yet? In the name of Jesus, I ask that you do. I ask that you wake up and smell the roses. Dear Heavenly Father God, if there's anybody in this place today that needs encouragement from you or they need to find that relationship with you, whatever it is, Father, whatever their needs are, whether it be financial, health, homes, families, whatever's going on in their life, Lord. I pray today that they gain strength through you and that they gain encouragement through you and they start living their life according to your word and according to your grace and mercy. These things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright guys, uh, three people today are going to get baptized here in just a few minutes. Matt, Paula, Mom, y'all go back to the back and do whatever you got to do to get ready. If you're going to go in the tank and what you're wearing, that's fine too. But you need to change clothes. Ladies, back there in that back room, back there where the infant room is, that door's got a cover over it. They can't see you in there. Go in and change your clothes and get ready to go. Everybody else, let's go outside and hang out and talk for a few minutes. And All right, y'all. Listen up. Today we're having a baptism service. To go along with our church service. So, we got three people we're going to baptize today. This is not, a lot of people ask me this question Is baptism a requirement to go to heaven? Luckily, I can say, no, it's not a requirement to go to heaven. If it was a requirement, the thief on the cross would be in hell. So, it's not a requirement, but God does tell us that we are to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths. Man. The best way to confess it is through baptism of water. Because you're going to be asked the question, do you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. You do. 
Do you plan to live the rest of your life for him? Yes, I do. You admit that you're a sinner and that you need forgiven? Absolutely. Then you're going to... Now, this is where it gets really cool. Go ahead and step in. Uh, do you want me to take your watch? No, it's, no, it's waterproof. waterproof. Uh, can you come up and help? All right. You accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I do. You plan to live for Him the rest of your life? Yes, I do. And you commit yourself today to Jesus? Yes, I do. Then you're dead of the flesh and born of the Spirit. So in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Easy now. Easy now. All right. Come on, Mom. Now, Mom, we're going to go through this. We're going to be okay, all right? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior? Do you believe that you plan to live the rest of your life for Him? Do you accept him as you want to say Okay, so step into the water with us. We'll help you in. Be careful. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy never too late. Amen. It's never too late. The only time it's too late is when you take your last breath. Amen. Thank you, Mom. Thank you. Love you so much. All right. Got one more, I think. Yeah, I think you have to hold your Well, go ahead and step in, Ron. Just remember, you have to hold him under until he stops bubbling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you better hold your breath for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> you put your hat back tight. I'm not going to hold you until you quit bubbling. Step up forward. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Sit down. Do you cover your eyes? Sit down. Do you cover your eyes? I do. Do you cover your eyes? I do. Pleasure of the Spirit, you know, the Son, Holy Spirit, I baptize you. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214. 214- 283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.